One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of that galaxy and direct in our galaxy, which is, for the most part, Southern California. And, oh, we're going to dive into that. Welcome to Four Center Prevents. Presents and Prevents. <laughs> Other Center. <laughs> I'm Kevin. I'm Joseph Freudian Slip Scrimshaw. <laughs> and I'm Jennifer Landa. That one was for all the people who still comment, hey, where are your Star Wars reviews? All right, there you go. There you go. There you go. Welcome to the show. It's going to be a wild one. Uh, I think it'll be a fun one. I'm very excited. 
<laughs> We're going to dive all into uh, the West Coast. This is fascinating. This has been uh, I, Joseph's talked about this, uh, mentioned it, something he wanted to do, and we're going to do to live and die on the West Coast. He's going to ask uh, and, and, and interview Jennifer and I about uh, growing up on the West Coast and all those kind of things. Before we get to all that, though, I do want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And a little bit later, we have a Force Center and Other Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us to support the show in the process. Uh, we are going to dive in shortly, but uh, first, we have another ask. Joseph, uh, it's on the YouTube side. That is right. We have been appreciating so much uh, the emotional support, uh, the, frankly, financial support on Patreon as we weather the strike and have converted uh, to Other Center, uh, particularly where, you know, some big and exciting things are happening in uh, that other galaxy. We appreciate all that support. And another place that we could really use support during this Other Center adventure is YouTube. Uh, we have been losing some subscribers there, so we would like to turn that around if possible. If you have not subscribed to us on YouTube, now would be a great time to do that. And if you have friends who you think uh, might like what Other Center is, uh, talking about life stuff, nostalgia, the West Coast, desserts, you know, <laughs> all those topics, uh, please uh, suggest uh, our YouTube channel to them and giving us a follow there. We would love to get up to 8,000 subscribers. I would also love to be uh, six feet tall. Both seem very, very far away. But technically, the 8,000 subscribers is possible. So if you want to help us uh, get to this big leap from where we are, uh, go and check out our YouTube channel. Check it out indeed. We're going to get there, I believe, one way or another. Uh, big leap indeed. But you can help us with that leap. We're going to get into some life adventures. This is where we catch up. Uh, this is where I try not to vent about any grumpy things that's happened to me this week. So, Jed, uh, bring in uh, a ray of sunshine. I'm going to bring in some uh, retro toys. My friend contacted me and she's cleaning out her storage. And she sent me this picture of these two Cabbage Patch dolls and they're twins. And they were in these adorable, I want to say almost Parisian outfits. <laughs> um, and I, I, she's like, I don't know what to do. I adopted these because, you know, with Cabbage Patch Kids, you like to use that. You adopt them from Xavier's patch or whatever. So she's like, I adopted these all these years ago and I don't, I don't know what to do with them. Like, I don't have the heart to sell them. Looking on eBay was so depressing seeing everyone selling their Cabbage Patch Kids. She's like, I don't know what to do. And I, I was like, give them to me. I, I will take care of your children. <laughs> and then I just was like, what am I doing? Like I could, I told my sister, she's like, yes, you have to get those. You have to take them. And now I'm like, I really need to have a collectible wall, almost like a museum. And I know so many of you out there have collectible walls. I don't have that in my home, but I, my daughter recommended, she's like, mom, we should build up in the attic. It, it, you can have your area for your toys and we'll have our area for our toys. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Not like, wrong. Not I wrong. know. I was like, Lucia, that's genius. So that's a, a long time goal. But uh, in the meantime, I'll have to just, uh, I'm like, am I going to display them in my room? My husband's, my husband's going to be frightened. I don't know. <laughs> oh, but I have to keep them. I have to get those Cabbage Patch kids. You got to. You got to. <laughs> I love the emotional connection here. Uh, I love toys and I think they're always emotional, but that is really putting it into sharp relief. I forgot that we adopted 
Yes. Yeah, right. Cabbage Patch, and they're like, "Yeah, I adopted this back in the '80s. Is an investment, and now it's not paying <laughs> off. So get out, kid." I fought with other adults in toy stores during Christmas of '84 for these. Oh my gosh! Oh I had someone else's scalp under my fingernails, so you could have Spencer. Now you're just selling them. Yeah, that's what my dad did. He said that he literally not fought somebody, but he mm-hmm. did kind of aggressively get. Yeah. Uh, yeah, have to fight for my Cabbage Patch kid <laughs> i remember those news stories you know? yes yes exactly oh man Busy. fun times look if uh, you know once we re- start reaching some of our bigger goals we're gonna have four center studios and that that will include a wing that's just all of our collectibles we can't keep in our own own houses yep. i like it <laughs> yep <laughs> finally build that death star lego set there uh oh, no. <laughs> wow from that motion picture we've all enjoyed there. Uh, that's a, you know, Jed, uh, I'm with you on your cause. Uh, I've run out of so much room. Uh, mm-hmm. I've stopped. I've stopped just collecting over the years, which is a bummer. I, I still swing through those toy aisles. I still look around. And, you know, I'm on, I'm on the hunt for a specific Fortnite character now uh, in action figure mm-hmm. form. Like, what what, what, is my, oh. what has my life become? I don't have shelf space. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, everything, everything good on my end. Nothing big. Uh, I, I tell you what, it's... Uh, uh, it's the life is moving so fast. You just gotta, you know, slow down and 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 try to take it all in when you can. So I've been trying to, inspired by you, Joseph, trying to like mm. instead of getting up and maybe jumping into work or trying to knock some stuff out and I made it or working out. Or I've been like, you know, let me have a cup of coffee, maybe try to read a little bit or just mm. breathe. And it, it, I, I hit about three out of seven days. But I'll pay. <laughs> uh, now, what is the obstacle for you in hitting that? Well, the moment I'm up, the it's Chihuahua watch. Mm. So, mm. for whatever reason, uh, our dog Franny is attached to both Grace and I in equal parts, but but divides it along duties uh, for us as parents. So, I'm the wake up guy. <laughs> Grace gets mm-hmm. up earlier. Franny does not get up. She waits for me. And then once that happens, that is a, we got to go outside. We got to wake up brother. We got to get Baxter out of his bed. And then we got to go feed. And then, so it's like, that just starts tasks for me. I'm a, I'm a right. slow wake, waker upper, you know, mm. and when you're jumping right. out of bed going, I, uh, you're going to go potty on the floor. I got to go. I got to go. So that starts it. And then I just got to remember to breathe after all that. Yeah, absolutely. That is really hard in, in the way that I have been doing some uh, reading in the morning is uh, instead of having to feed a chihuahua, I, I skip feeding myself because that feels like a task. I'm like, oh, God, I got to open yeah. this and open that and spread this. And then I can't touch anything because I got, a, you know, food on my fingers. Like, ah. It's like, well, my day's already ruined. I ate breakfast. Uh, yeah. So when I just get up and be like, what if I just sipped coffee and read? It, it's, it's so nice and dangerously nice because then you get into this beautiful floaty place and like, but why, why work again ever? <laughs> yeah. This is so beautiful. Right. There is some of that. There's some of that. I, 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 like most of us gig freelance working folk, Saturdays and Sundays are not really off days for a lot of us. You can try to make them and sometimes you do. But yeah, I have that. I have that. If I'm too relaxed on a Saturday, then the day is lost. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so anyways, that's me. That's me burning candles, trying to, uh, Burn, uh, burn it all to the ground, I guess. But uh, here and uh, Joseph, I saw some wonderful photos of, of doing things. You did things and, and, and you're the champion of the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> there are some things I didn't post. Um, but <laughs> uh, no, the, the big life adventure was 
finally doing something that Sarah and I have had on our on our mutual uh, uh, life goals list for a long time. A couple of years ago, we started making uh, at New Year's our, our own lists of like our individual goals and then trying to make what are some things that we want to do together. And Sarah had put it on her list for the last two years to walk to the Hollywood sign. Mm. Uh, we've lived in Los Angeles for uh, over nine years now. And uh, we're lucky to live at the base of the Hollywood Hills. And as I always say, uh, there's nothing special about that. Anyone can move here and pay way too much money for a tiny apartment. Uh, but the advantage is you are close to walking to interesting places. So uh, we've finally set aside time. We had it in our calendars of like, uh, this is not something we're going to do. If we're just like, what do you want to do today? Hike? No. Uh, so it was on the calendar. We're going to do it. Um, I, I had spent a little bit of time training by walking around in in the paved hills above my apartment mm-hmm. to try to get my legs ready. Um, I should have done more of that <laughs> <laughs> uh, because if you hear any screaming uh, during the podcast, that's my calves, which are still sore. But anyway, oh, oh yeah. Uh, long story short, it, it, it was one of those things of, that's been like, of course, do it. it. We walked from our front door all the way up to above the Hollywood sign, right next to that that uh, radio communications tower that you see above the Hollywood sign if you if you Google it or if you look up in, in L.A. Um, and that took us, uh, even with pausing, about two and a half hours from front door to be up by that radio tower, which is ridiculously wow. short wow. For, for how cool it is. And... <laughs> Um, you know, sometimes we try to relate our, our life adventures to to lessons that exist in that in that other galaxy and how we can apply them to to real life. Um, the walk itself was fun. It was beautiful. It was much better than I expected. It was hard, but it was easier than I expected. And it really was about like not letting fear hold you back. Um, mm. You know, I was afraid of how hard of a hike it would be, how aggressive it, 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 it the inclines would be, but also. When, when we go into Griffith Park, um, which is the, the entrance to the path that, that we took up to the Hollywood sign, there's a giant sign that says caution rattlesnakes, like right when you're going to get on the path to the Hollywood sign. Yeah. <sighs> and, you know, coming from the Midwest, that that's not a thing. That's like, like yeah. saying danger, bottomless pit yeah. <laughs> or portal in time and space. Like rattlesnakes are a fantasy danger, not a real danger in, in the Midwest. And like there's some other snakes. But anyway, uh, and I asked a couple people like, hey, I kind of want to walk to the Hollywood sign. But there's a giant sign that says caution rattlesnakes. Should I worry about that? And almost everybody asked like, no. Uh. no it, well, I mean, maybe maybe like put some metal uh, in your boots around your ankles. <laughs> <gasps> what? Like a couple people were like, oh, yeah. no. Like I think they're just trying to be nice. Of like, yeah, there are rattlesnakes, and every once in a while you run into them, you know. Mm. But yeah. I had it of like, I'm going to be dodging rattlesnakes. <laughs> like I'm, you know, an archaeologist, uh, you know, in a fantasy series kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, for anybody who's never done it, roads. It's all it's all roads. Some of them are paved. Some of them are are you know uh, sandy. But but big expanses, lots of places to avoid rattlesnakes. I didn't see any rattlesnakes. Yeah. Uh, it's great to go up to the Hollywood sign. And when you get all the way up to uh, above the Hollywood sign and right next to that tower, I was so focused on the Hollywood sign, I forgot, like, you can see all of Los Angeles. You can, you're standing up there and you can literally turn that way and, like, there is all of the valley. And then you turn the other way and, like, that's all of the basin. And you can, mm-hmm. you can, you can look at everything. It's so beautiful. 
It's cool. Mm. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. Yeah, look, I do a lot of hiking in the other side of the park and never seen a rattlesnake. But I and I've never known anyone to like be bitten by one, but I do know a lot of people that see them. And I'm with you. I born and raised out here, part of our topic. Um, I still feel as though they're a fantasy villain. <laughs> okay, don't want <laughs> good. <laughs> good. Yeah. And it's uh it's up there's that sunset ranch up there too. So mm-hmm. it, Oh, know, that's right. We, we got passed uh, by a lot of horses as well. That was really fun. Yeah, <laughs> I've ridden some horses up there too. That's a fun ride. Uh, yeah, good, good. Yeah, no, uh, that's a wonderful experience. Yeah, it's just absolutely beautiful, absolutely beautiful, and, and, and thoughtful. And I might go up there to do some writing at some point here. Oh, so, part of the yeah. magic of California. Oh, yeah, it really is. This West Coast has a lot to a lot to recommend itself. So yeah. let's talk about that. Are you both ready to dive in? Yes, I am. All right. So, yeah, so we obviously on Other Center have been talking uh, more about other aspects of our lives. Um, and uh, that has made me really intrigued in what little things or sometimes maybe big things are different because of where we are all born and raised. I think when we talk about Star Wars, we do focus on, you know, how our own lives affect it. But we talk a lot about age mm-hmm. um, when we talk about that other galaxy. But I feel like with a lot of our other center topics, it's been like, did you have this dessert? Did you have this experience? <laughs> uh in me growing up in the Midwest, uh, I spent a brief and magical time in the Pacific Northwest, uh, specifically Portland, Oregon. So I, I have some association in young life with the West Coast, but most of my my uh, emotional and <laughs> life perspective forming was in Midwest. But both Ken and Jennifer, born and raised here on the West Coast. So I wanted to interview you both about that life experience and see if we can dive into, you know, how did it shape you? Um so let's let's dive in. Uh, longtime listeners might know some of this, but I really want to get the background on where you were both born and what those towns are like. Jennifer, I want to start with you because I, I actually don't think I remember where you were born. Where hmm. were you born and what's that town like? I'm from Orange County. Um, from when people think of Orange County, they might think of the beaches. And I was more inland in a city called Tustin. Um, and growing up, in the eighties, it was very, it still is very suburban, uh, but particularly in the eighties, it was primarily white. So <laughs> there were not a lot of, uh, people like me, uh, during that time. So that was challenging. Um, I would say that it was also a wide range of, you know, there were working class people, there were middle-class people, and then there were the hills where you have like super, super wealthy people. And it, on a clear day, you can see those hills right there, <laughs> right from where I was. Um, so that was always an interesting dynamic. And was, Orange County feels very much a world away from Los Angeles. Mm. Like Los Angeles was where those those Hollywood types are. Or, you know, there's crime <laughs> and danger in Los Angeles. And so growing up, I would come to the garment district with my family. And like we would always be on guard for maybe something bad happening because mm. it's the big city. Even though, you know, Orange County is a pretty big city. So that's where I grew up. Grew up going to Disneyland every weekend. Uh, So, yeah, it was Mm. it was a simple, a simple existence. (laughs) Simple time. Uh, So is is I don't fully understand Orange County. Um, Mm. Is Tustin is there another larger metro area that Tustin is a suburb of or is it just a a clump of suburbs that make up Orange County? (laughs) 
I would say there's what do you what would you say, Ken? Like just a bunch of little I, cities. Yeah, I would say Anaheim is the anchor of it, but mm-hmm. but even then, yeah, it's it's tough to say. It, yeah, I would start with Anaheim and work on out, but yeah, they're they're a, a collection of suburbs is is a good way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not yeah. Los Angeles. That's always like like the 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 Angels, the baseball team. Uh, they renamed uh, themselves the Los Angeles. Angels of Anaheim years ago. And like, that, oh, that yeah. was just a joke. Like that's not, it's two different worlds. Uh, even though there was totally. a history of the team being the LA angels back in the day. So yeah, I, I would start with orange County working my way out. Okay. Do you, was there like a lot of civic pride right. in Tustin? Were you raised like knowing why Tustin exists? Cause I'm always fascinated with like larger cities. It's almost always like the probably on the water, probably a specific resource. That's the start. And then everything blows up from there. But sometimes smaller towns, especially out West or just somebody, some rich person was like, uh, I want a town. I'll start it. <laughs> Do you know why Tustin is there? I don't know, but there is a sign that's like work where you must but live and shop in Tustin. Uh, that should tell you everything you need to know. Okay, so that, this this was created to be a suburb then, or at least had a lot of pride. <sighs> Very Work much so. where you must. Oh. oh. Yeah. And there is a real thing in Orange County where it's like, when you say Orange County to people, like I said, they, they think of the beaches. And the beach people, <laughs> I don't want to say look down on the inland people, but there definitely is like, there was definitely more like beach city pride, like Newport Beach, Corona Del Mar, you know, uh, Laguna Beach, Costa Mesa, Huntington Beach. Like there's so much more pride. There's so much, so many more like events. There are more destinations. Mm-hmm. Tustin is kind of like on your way maybe to Irvine or the Irvine spectrum. Like even though Irvine's boring and I went to college there, like it's mm-hmm. people know Irvine more than Tustin, I would say. Okay. And mm-hmm. is, is a, is a, a little kid, I know you heard from adults that LA was the big scary city, but did did you feel that as a kid or were you excited to go there? Uh, no, I was really scared. Okay. <laughs> I was really scared. I was, uh, unsurprisingly, I was uh, an anxious child. Um, and I think because my mom always saw the wor- wor- uh, world as being very scary. And so she mm. kind of ingrained that in me, that there was danger lurking around every corner. <laughs> like the ice cream man, yeah. you know, would come with his truck. And I was always like, oh, that guy probably a pedophile like why <laughs> i mean like second grade and why am i thinking this maybe too many uh 2020 episodes yeah. that i saw my parents watching well, i think it was a lot of, there was, <laughs> we'll, we'll maybe do an episode about growing up in the 80s and you know the, oh. i think there was a lot of fear of everything is gonna get you Mm-hmm. Oh, that's an interesting point. You know, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. There really is, especially like the 70s and the 80s, there were a lot more serial killers uh, during that time. Mm-hmm. Do you know that serial killers are not, there's not as many of them nowadays? I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, heard I, saw, that. yeah. <laughs> I saw a report about that. I was like, oh, that's that's surprising, but it kind of, kind of makes sense. There's more technology available and criminal profiling, but that's mm-hmm. an, another day. <laughs> Yeah, no, and they, 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 they go, go to get off into lots of topics. There is a huge change in in the crime statistics, uh, and and there, there is no one uh, agreed upon reason. People have like lots of theories, but you know, crime mm. crime rates were higher when mm-hmm. when we were all young. So there's some legitimacy to some of those fears, but also I just think when we happen to grow up with like, well, if you survive the nuclear, you know, Holocaust. Yeah try not to get AIDS and don't eat candy. There might be a razor blade in it. Like that's to me, that's in a sentence growing up in the eighties. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. Well said. 
So a good time. <laughs> uh, right. So, Ken, while, while you were growing up in the uh, paranoid horrorscape of uh, 1980s, where were you? Uh, so I was born in the city of Orange, which is in the heart of Orange County. What? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, born in the city of Orange, lived there till I was seven next to the oh. Orange County Circle, the, the circle that's in the center of it. Yeah, yeah. We were yes. a couple blocks away from that. I went to a Montessori school over there. Uh, in oh fact, God. as uh, this episode was starting, I was looking up the map trying to find that Montessori school because I, I've, mm. I've never returned there in the years I've been to L.A. My, my grandparents lived in Anaheim right around the corner from Disneyland. So I was, I was like, I should just swing over to Orange and kind of actually put my memories with the actual <laughs> street um, kind of do not just a reliving, but like I just dreamed all that. Right. But yeah, I lived out there. Um, and then um, speaking. Yeah. So this is, I, we're, we're all in that same era. Like um, wasn't allowed to trick or treat uh, all that kind of good stuff. And then um, yes. uh, we came home one night, I remember and uh, in our Volkswagen van and our, we had uh, graffiti all up and down the front wall of our house and, and, Next thing I know, oh. we, we, we moved to Rio Grande, California. <laughs> there, wow. There's probably weeks and months between that, but that's my memory of came home, my mom and dad were upset, and we were gone. <laughs> and, and how old were you when you moved? Uh, about seven. About seven. Okay. Yeah. So wow. you I you always talk about uh, uh, Rio Grande. Mm -hmm. I don't, I hate, I, some of this uh, podcast is going to be my ignorance. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a joke from a movie where an alien is trying to fake being a human and they're asked where they're born. And the <laughs> alien says, uh, the city of Orange yeah. in Orange County. It sounds entirely made up to me. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. have any, so you haven't been back. Do you have any affinity for it? Or is it just like you move so young? It's, it's a blip to you. Yeah, it's, it's a blip. Even seven years is, you know, again, I, I have a lot of memories there. That's why I'm kind of uh, looking at a Google map and looking at Plaza Park. It's, there's, so there's a circle in town, like, like a mm -hmm. center of orange. So there's a lot of shops around it. There's a park in the center and the road is a circle. So it's like the orange circle. It's near Chapman college. So I have me memories of walking there. Memories, memories of maybe like an ice cream shop there. My Montessori school was kind of around the corner. Uh, I can almost have some 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 sense memories uh, using the force to figure this out, but but <laughs> other than that, yeah, I don't have. I, I I was raised in the central coast of California, like that's kind of where why I claim it because I just uh, mm. uh, my the, the city of Orange is on my birth certificate, um, uh, and wow. I was I did go to uh, the big Costa Mesa Calvary Chapel, which was pastored by uh, Chuck Smith, one of the more famous pastors in history, if you will. Um, so, uh, that was kind of some of my early memories, but, but yeah, they all, they all have faded away. Ken, I, Go sorry, ahead, Ken. I, I'm just absolutely in shock. I, I we, we <laughs> might've crossed paths it's at very some possible. point. It's so yeah. weird because I mean, we would go to the orange circle all the time all the time yeah. and that is like you know chapman and that, that mm -hmm. whole area and then i went to calvary chapel too yeah did you uh, oh my gosh yeah what about the holiday uh skating rink did you ever go there Pro probably <laughs> well i mean you'd go to the costa mesa mall uh which is mm. the giant mall which is where i first was introduced to legos uh and uh and then um yeah i, I don't have a ton of memories of, of 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 like the big it's one of the early i would call it one of the early super churches that's not even like a correct way to say it i don't know um but yeah i just remember they had a giant big wheel track and I get mm. ride big wheels around until my parents pick me up after the service. <laughs> Praise <laughs> Jesus! I love big wheels. Uh, so yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's 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 always weird. And and uh, uh, another friend of mine uh, spent a lot of time down there too. My uh, my age group, and we always wonder if if uh, 
we're waiting in line at the ice cream shop with you. So amazing. And yeah. Do you have any inkling of what orange is like uh, nowadays, Ken? If it's, uh, I mean, the manager has changed a lot because it's been yeah. a, a long time. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, um, Anaheim, Jen described it pretty well. That the whole Orange County region. It's like you, you, you like like a lot, I think a lot of people probably deal with this in their towns or hometowns. It's big cities too. But it's like you turn the corner, you're like, wow, okay. I, there's been a downshift in uh, you know economics here, and you turn the corner, and you're like, that's a gate up for a house. That's kind of some of my memories of it. Chapman mm. is kind of a I would describe it as a I don't know expensive school. I mean, you're in the shadow of. Disneyland, maybe 10, 20 minutes from it, traffic-wise. Um, sandwich between freeways. It's it's a real LA experience. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it's that it's that it's that thing. I mean, you, you you face it here. I mean, you go to you know Hancock Park, and you're like, oh, this this was in that movie, that movie. And then you turn the corner, and you're like, I I up, I I, I maybe need to go. And I, I'm not being light about the economics and the crime and everything. It's just reality of these big cities, you know, and then how we're all squeezed together. We, we we really are in this together, but the streets doesn't don't, doesn't look like it sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I mean that, that's for me true of Los Angeles, and it's true of Minneapolis. There are you know dividing lines mm-hmm. where socioeconomic factors change mm-hmm. the environment immediately. Immediately, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. will say, you know that that thing you do that. Well, sorry, I'm not supposed mm-hmm. to mention it, but the thing you do movie mm-hmm. they shot in the Orange Circle, and it was oh. I don't want to say it was after that, but like Chapman started to become a much more uh, popular school, and because of their film program, and now like their the homes over there have become really expensive, and a lot of it is Air Airbnbs or they're rented out to mm. college students. So, mm. so much of that real estate is a, a lot of it is air, really cute craftsman homes that are mm. being used for Airbnbs and stuff mm. like that. Mm. It's amazing. Really yeah. Cause we were looking maybe even to buy over there. Oh, it's, it's expensive. It's really <laughs> changed. It's amazing. Maybe yeah. I can yeah. my own house, uh, my old house. I, I'm going to try to, I'll, I'll, I'll text my dad with the address. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jennifer, growing up, did your parents have West Coast pride? Did they communicate to you why they chose to live either West Coast, Tustin specific? Was that a a source of pride or was it just sort of like we landed here and we make the best of it? Or was it a choice that we live here on purpose? Oh, my parent, my parents always were like, no, the West Coast is the best coast. But, <laughs> but, but the, the reason why is because, you know, both my, my mom's parents came from Mexico. My dad's, ah, maybe it was his grandparents came from Mexico. So they're, they're children of immigrants. And so they came here and for them, it was about building a better life. It was about having sunshine. It was mm. about having living that American dream that was mm. promised to them. And for my mom and my dad, they really did become the American dream. They went to college. They became professionals. Um, I s- somehow have uh, not continued that legacy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I went to college, but, you know. So, um, but the whole thing was is that you know, like our family came here to to be American and yes, we're Mexican, but that was another thing during the eighties was it was about like assimilating and not Mm. necessarily like forgetting your culture, but certainly it was like, Oh, nobody wanted me to speak Spanish during the eighties because of Mm -hmm. where I lived. And it was really like looked down upon, even though my mom speaks Spanish and my dad speaks Spanish. And there was just this huge stigma which thank God that's completely changed now. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
and that was another reason why, like being in California, like you're going to be, there's just more diversity. Certainly now um, there were, was more of a Mexican population, Mexican American population. So it's a matter of like feeling safe. So yeah, both of my parents never, like, that's why I went to college in UC, at UCI because like, you can't go to college anywhere else. Where are you going to go? There might have snow. Like, what are you going to do? How are you going to live? <laughs> they might have snow. They yeah, might make I mean, you take classes on snow. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's just like, what are you going to do? How are you going to go to your classes if there's snow? I'm like, I don't know. So <laughs> that's why I've always stayed close to home. And even now I'm like, oh God, I cannot imagine living anywhere else. But you know, may may have to do that at some point. You never know. Yeah, you get frost burn at uh, six a.m. waiting for the bus. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> oh, that's how you no. go. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so th- this is so uh, fascinating to hear about your parents' experience. Um, did did they have like I, I, I'm assuming that some of the you know don't learn Spanish we're we're trying to assimilate. Um, mm-hmm. uh, did they also have Mexican traditions or like, uh, I'm trying to think of the right way to ask this. Like, did they yeah, have no. other people in their, in their same situation who are like, Hey, when we're at the, uh, the PTA meetings, we want to present, look, mm-hmm. we're American. And then did they have uh, events and people that they could go and just be Mexican with? Yeah. Right. 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 No, it, it, it's, it's really, <laughs> this is a whole other conversation. I'll try to keep it brief. <laughs> So my mom was a principal, my dad was a a news broadcaster, and they very much wanted to present like they had made it, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, I, you know, our families have suffered, but now we have made it and we are the American dream, right? So presenting in that way and, and, uh, you know, and trying to, my mom would make meatloaf for dinner. She Mm. would make beef stroganoff. She tried so hard to be totally American. But we have a really big family and we were always around our family. And it's so fascinating to me because my my cousins and my aunts and my uncles, they know all of the, the Mexican dishes. Mm. They make menudo. They make pozole. They make enchiladas from scratch. Like my mom cannot do any of that. And I don't know mm. if it's because she felt like she didn't want to do it or because she was the baby of the family and her parents died when she was very young. So she didn't get that same type of... Um, you know, have that connection or like yeah. learn from her mom, like my aunts, my older aunts did. And so it was always a really uh, fascinating thing to go with my family and experience this other side where I still didn't feel like I fit in. They would make fun of me and my cousins would be like, ah, you're just trying to be like white girl, white girl. And I'm like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I go to school and it's like, oh, you're, you're the brown kid whose skin looks like poop. Like mm-hmm. it, it was mm-hmm. such juxtaposition. And so it's why now things are so wonderfully different where people are embracing their heritage and their cultures and people can be both, you know, the 200 percenters, hundred percent Mexican, hundred percent American. Whereas for me, I, I never felt like I fit in. So it's a long winded reply. Um, no, <laughs> but it's, it's an insightful uh, reply. And I, and I, I think it's, I think it's really powerful and, and, and really important. And uh, maybe we can do another episode on that. I, I have yep. really been feeling the uh, lack of, of of culture because mm. of the sort of like I was just raised of well, well I guess all cultures are culture and some specifics but like uh, I really feel the loss of 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 culture mm. um, you know and and uh, it's powerful to hear about you feeling trapped <laughs> mm-hmm. between two worlds again what was your uh 
parents relationship to the West coast? Did they have pride in the West coast? Did they tell you why West coast was best? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me say about the the, the cultural tale of a young white boy being raised in orange County. I'll tell you. (laughs) Uh, uh, One of millions. Yeah. um, Yeah. Talk about different experiences in the same spot, huh? Yeah, no. Um, I, there was no like West Coast pride and uh, there was no, I, I, we, we got there because both, uh, my mom has always kind of been West Coast based, um, had kind of a, kind of a crazy childhood, nine stepfathers and none of them, um, great. Um, uh, my grandmother, rest in peace, uh, had a tough and interesting and and challenging life is what I'll say. (laughs) So my mom was kind of always out here but also like Nevada, that kind of stuff. And, uh, but my dad, as, as I've told the story of you know, coming over, born, born in Austria, as my grandparents left uh, the Soviet Union, but he was raised in Fort Dodge, Iowa. And mm. they moved out to Anaheim. Um, there was um, a larger, again, I, I say Russian in a very general term, which is not necessarily correct, but that's uh, also the 80s where we, we we had to say we are Russian versus Ukrainian or Sakashian. Um because because uh, of Rocky Four, and uh, we we my my grandparents came out here in like sixty nine or seventy. So my dad uh, was graduated high school in Anaheim, and then joined the Navy from here to get the hell out and see the world. And then he got stationed in Guam uh, for his entire time. <laughs> um, um, but which was uh, fine because he, he was not uh, in uh, Vietnam proper. Um, uh, yeah, so no, it, there was none of that. It was just like, this is where we were. Now, I'd say it's set in a little bit more. My The Central Coast of California is, uh, and again, when I, for those who aren't super familiar with the layout, we say Central Coast, they claim that term, even though it's not geographically correct. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's about four hours south of Central California, uh, the Central Coast. But uh, yeah, uh, San Luis Obispo, Pismo Beach, Rio Grande, that area, it's, it's a beautiful Beautiful neck of the woods, uh, palm uh, 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 from palm trees down below to, to pine trees on the beach. Uh, it, it's it's gorgeous and, and beautiful weather. So then I think once my parents settled there, it was like, why would you leave? And mm-hmm. that so that got drilled into me a lot, even now. And it's fact like my my late uncle. Uh, I, when I moved to LA, I'd spent a lot of time with him and got to know him and my, and my aunt in Eagle Rock. And I was, I told, I remember I was like 22, 23. It's like, yeah, my mom and dad always were like, Uncle Nick's going to move up here. And you never did. And he's like, yeah, we didn't like it up there. We kept telling your parents and they just couldn't, they couldn't uh, see that. So that the pride came later uh, where uh, my mom wishes we traveled more and all that kind of stuff. But um, it's funny. It wasn't raised with it. It just happened to be where I was. Hmm. Yeah. But that's really interesting and powerful that that it, for both of your parents, you brought up the the pride in in it's beautiful here. Yeah, <laughs> the weather's great, the golden sun, the mm-hmm. the ocean, and you know, for my experience, Minneapolis and Minnesota, they are beautiful. The, mm-hmm. the, the snowfall can be beautiful. The summers are are gorgeous. There's nothing like the amount of green that you see in Minnesota in the summer, but the weather, both the heat and humidity and the snow is brutal. So a ton of pride comes from, look what I can endure. Mm, <laughs> and right. and so that I'm, I'm sure there's plenty to endure no matter what, but that, that West coast pride coming from like, why would you live somewhere where the weather isn't great? <laughs> powerful to me. Yeah. Why, yeah. you know, because it's totally opposite from like, what's the roughest place to live? I'm going to prove I can take it. Right. It's a, yeah. a different thing, yeah. uh, which we'll get to in a moment. Um, when, uh, Jennifer, did you come to understand that 
California, your home was a large and powerful state and that the rest of the country in the world has a lot of opinions, good and bad, about mm. California, about Los Angeles, about even Orange County. When did you start to realize I'm, I'm in the center of a place that a lot of people care about and look to? Mm, I would say not until I moved to Los Angeles and really started to meet other people from all over the world. Um, and everyone has a lot of opinions when they come from other places <laughs> about California. Um, usually when I meet people, not now, I wouldn't say that, but in the past, when I would meet people from the East Coast, they really would not like California. They talked about how they wanted to get back to the East Coast, but that they were here for, I mean, by the way, I'm around mainly entertainment people and actors. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're here because they're doing this, but if it doesn't work out, they're going back to the east coast you know and um and i and i i get it i get it but again i'm like but what about the snow <laughs> but some people do not mind that there's a lot of great things or i would hear a lot some people love it yeah i would hear a lot about you know the seasons i miss the seasons uh -huh. I'm like, oh, right and it really, really wasn't until also though my husband was just telling me this last night because i was talking to him about this conversation and he's like you know you don't realize you're kind of like a fish in water he's like you don't realize like how how the, the how much how powerful california is you know all the things that we produce um all, all the goods and and our you know our produce and all all this stuff he's like you don't realize like how what a great um what a, what a great place this is. And I'm like, no, I do. But I guess I hadn't think of, thought about it in terms of like the rest of the country and how many other states because of manufacturing um, problems and you know, jobs being shipped elsewhere and like Detroit, which is where my husband grew up in Michigan. So he saw mm. that firsthand mm. about, you know, what happened with that. So he's like, yeah, you don't realize how fortunate we are here. So mm. that was a lesson for me, but I, I wish he could get on and talk about it because he articulated it much better than I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I, I was going to bring up a specific uh, television show, uh, but I, instead I will be general. Like mm. gr growing up in Minnesota, I would mostly only hear about Minnesota if it was a joke. But oh, right. you would always hear about glamorous things happening in California. So I feel like I, I grew up with that um, perspective of all of our national culture is telling me I live in a less than place. So mm. that's kind of what I'm curious about for, for both of you. So for Ken, did you have any perception from the larger culture that you lived in according to culture and what? Uh, frankly the golden girls tell you that you live in an amazing place <laughs> and other places on the country are are the butt of jokes detroit is a butt of a lot of jokes and in mm. you know it, it certainly yeah. was then in in culture of like a, a depressing you know uh, uh oh, yeah. you know blue collar place as opposed to glamorous california did, how did you feel about all that ken yeah and i've 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 made a few Detroit jokes in my day on schmoes and stuff like that. I've later apologized to folks like Lord Roma from that area. Area, um, uh, yeah. I don't know when this was, and, and when your email went out about this, I made a joke about I can finally confess my West Coast bias. I definitely have it, and it definitely set in. And I definitely, it's it's like not a nose in the air, but kind of like yeah, we're we're number one, man. All uh -huh. Mm -hmm. All number two or lower. Like, what's your? We're up two hours away, away from desert, snow, or water. What do you want? And uh, I'm not like loud about it, but it, but but it, it comes from it, and it's a dangerous lesson. 
uh, or lesson, I should say, in the dangers of privilege or perspective where you just kind of uh, don't appreciate or understand the full picture of it or you only see it. We, there's jokes to be made, but also lessons to be learned from just America, right? Where even mm-hmm. in Paris, you're the foreigners, I'm American. Like we have that kind of egocentric uh, thing that drives us, whether we uh, acknowledge it or not or understand it or not. I think Cal- mm-hmm. I think I have that with California where I'm like, everything, this is home, everything else is away. And, <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I definitely, as I grew up, um, you know, growing up in the Reagan eighties, Reagan came from here. So mm. great, uh, nationally started great here, whether it's true or not. No, I, you know, but like, I, 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 it wasn't drilled into me by my parents, but just around it. And you're right. I don't think I ever acknowledged, well, my favorite TV show is this and it takes place in, you know, LA, like, but I definitely felt that, right? It definitely, mm-hmm. and as I got a little older and started to get out more, there's two examples I've talked about, like in the mid 2000s when my former girlfriend and I, she was going, she was transferring out to East Tennessee State. And so we did some cross country drives, which by the way, so many beautiful parts in this country. It's not just California, as it turns out. Uh, but stopping in Little Rock, Arkansas, we were having breakfast at a Sonic drive through. You park your car there, right? And these two guys got out of their car to go inside, and one of them, Stopped in front of our car, made a point to look at our license plate, made a point to look at me and shook his head. And I, I remember I said, lock the doors. We got to go. Um, we go back to California. And, and, you know, it was palpable. Like he, and he wasn't mm-hmm. joking. He wasn't joking. It was a, mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, around the same time, stopped on the way back. The first trip out um, after my girlfriend moved there and I, I flew back. I stopped in Dallas uh, uh, great city. I love Dallas and Fort Worth and spent some time hanging around in, in Deep Ellum and having some fun with my friend, a former friend of mine, uh, not former friend, but a friend who lived out here, former uh, California resident with me. And, and he's from uh, Texas. And we went to a, a bar and, he, and right before we get in, he goes, hey, if anyone asks you if you're from Los Angeles, you come and find me. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, okay. Real. Jeez. <laughs> he goes, if, he, if you get asked that, don't answer it. Okay. Mm. Okay. Mm. And so that was a little bit of like, wait, do people not like us? But the other flip side of it is the final (laughs) part of the story is uh, me and my my former girlfriend had had met um, at the farmer's market, the Grove. That's why I was a security director. Her mom uh, worked her way up from El Salvador to the owner of the company. Oh, Jen, we could have some interesting conversations about what, (laughs) what that did uh, and what, and why my, my uh, uh, girlfriend did not speak Spanish uh, until later Mm. on. Decided to learn. Mm. She was not allowed to. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, we were in, in in Tennessee and getting a, a coffee at a shop and, and conversation. Oh, where are you guys from? Oh, she just moved here from from, from LA. And that's all we said. We didn't say Hollywood. We didn't say the Fairfax district. We didn't say anything. The girl goes, "Oh my god, have you ever heard of the Grove?" <laughs> <laughs> You're like. Yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> like it's a myth. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Just celebrities go, and sure enough, yeah. I, I had interacted with Paris Hilton, with Britney Spears. I guarded mm. Jewel. I'm like, oh, I guess I could see. Can yeah. you pull the sword from the fountain? Yeah. Is the chosen one is prophesy to do? <laughs> it was hilarious. It was just like the shopping mall. Yes, yes. Actually, we worked there, and, and the, I mean, and, and and the girl was just blown away. You work there? Well, yeah. What? <laughs> uh, so that to me shows the 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 yes, California is 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 definitely a fabled land, good and bad. Yeah, right. I I think it's so so 
it, California to me and Los Angeles it is like sometimes the the interaction we have, uh, say, with like a famous person where mm-hmm. um, there's all this attention poured to them. And some of it is just like the like <laughs> the fabled <gasps> the home of the grove. Mm-hmm. And some of it is that um, I I am going to pre assume that that this star of geography is going to look down on me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think it's more complicated than that, but I think that that's a big part of it. Um, and I, I've been thinking about this a lot because I, I, in Los Angeles, I think it's it's such a fun conversation instead mm-hmm. of talking about the weather <laughs> because yeah. it, it's beautiful. Um, the the uh, get to know you conversation is, is often in Los Angeles, particularly in the entertainment industry. Where are you from? And it's right. a fun, friendly. Where did you move here from? Or, mm-hmm. Oh, are you local? Cool. Where did you, you know, Tustin? Um, yeah. So when I had been doing some traveling in the Midwest this summer, I just forgot that <laughs> people, I'd be having a perfectly friendly conversation with some of them be like, so, so where do you, where do you, where do you live? I'm like, oh, Los Angeles. I'm like, oh, and it's even hard to read. It's just, it's just like, I don't, I, there, I, I, I hear screaming behind that door and I don't know if it's good or bad. I don't know mm. if it, the Grove is a myth or I assume that you're a, a, a rich a-hole who looks down on me. But mm. like, mm. Um, and I've experienced that in, in, in uh, Minnesota just from Minneapolis is the big city and you go other places in Minnesota like, oh, you're from the Twin Cities. You, and, mm-hmm. and then you escalate to LA and then it's like, oh my Lord, that's nuclear. You know, that's huge. Yeah. 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 There- Sorry, there there is something interesting because like if you think about some of the the biggest cultural move not biggest but some big cultural movements that came like naturally and organically like surfing mm-hmm. right or like mm-hmm. even the hippie counterculture of San Francisco and Haight Ashbury mm-hmm. that that is that's organic and and was something that happened but then you think about the way that Hollywood has presented. California. Like I think about so many movies from the 80s, obviously TV shows, The Hills, 90210, all this stuff, right? Has kind of painted this glamorous mm-hmm. side of living in California. And um, I wonder, Joseph, did, when you came here, were you disappointed that it wasn't how it was portrayed on screen? No, it was for me, it was like the perfect mix because some of it was true of just like you just look up any old time and there's palm trees. And Mm. even in October, the sun is glistening off those fronds. Beautiful. But Mm. then like the first time I went to uh, both Santa Monica, but Venice in particular, I just was I just stood there laughing. It's like almost everything I was told in California is specifically Venice. (laughs) Like, yeah. <laughs> everybody's topless lifting yeah. weights there's yeah. you know there's always girls roller skating everywhere <laughs> like mm-hmm. like half of the images that used to be on like the beginning of you know three's company or la law or whatever oh you know gosh, yeah. uh, three's company isn't even in la is it but anyway it, it, no all it was of sort of, santa monica it santa was monica. in santa monica yeah. uh-huh. okay right yeah um all of those images were so beach focused that for me there was a part of like yeah a lot of the images are, are actually true uh but a lot of it was this is comical that it's this one neighborhood that that gets yeah. sort of exported in a way mm. neighborhood that no joke i think i've been to venice and santa monica less than 20 times in 25 years right yeah <laughs> <Don't go out. laughs> well and, and, and it's part of what you're talking about too jen it's like you you step out of of this area even say up the five freeway to to bakersfield my hometown is a lot of farming very rural 
uh, that neck of the woods. Um, it's more in line with that guy in Little Rock staring at me. But the, the mm. power of, of, of these two cities, L.A. and I'd say also San Francisco for what it is, the tech side of it, or the hippie hate yes. very history there. Um, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's understand that's how life works. Those, those narratives dominate the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I do want to talk a little bit of, of, about weather. I'm of the opinion that the weather we grow up with affects not only our, our community activities, that, which then kind of affects culture, but I think it does start to affect our own inner psyches, either mm-hmm. uh, either what, what you have to live like because of it. Um, uh, or like I said, the Minnesota from the beginning has had a, a pride in enduring the harshest of, of the weather. How do you think the weather of the West Coast has affected your emotions or your outlook on life, Jen? I definitely have, I don't want to say seasonal depression, but like I am solar powered. So today it's <laughs> sunny and guess what? I'm getting stuff done. I wake up and I'm like, I'm going to go exercise. I'm going to the market. I got my checklist. Yesterday, however, it started sprinkling. It was overcast. It was horrible. I got nothing done. And it's just like, it real. I don't like it. I think it's because my mindset is still like, we're not a hundred percent in fall. It still is kind of warm enough. I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt when it becomes fall and it's cloudy. Okay. I'll be wearing sweaters. I'll be wearing boots. I will be prepared for that. I'm ready for that. But I do think that also the weather has changed dramatically. I don't know if you feel the same way, Ken, from when I was a kid, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it was much more clear. The summers were good, pretty mild. Yeah, it was hot. It was always sunny. There was never rain. There was never really as much overcast, cloudy days as we've had now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's now it's ex- extreme, extreme heat. There's humidity. There was never humidity. It was always very dry. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just so it, it's just everything has been kind of throwing me for a loop. And I'm like, wait, this is this is probably how the rest of the of America feels like <laughs> having rain and cloudy days. What is this? But yeah. we pay California prices. Yeah, it's not right. Yeah, yes. it should. Every cloudy day, your mortgage should go down a little bit. <laughs> right. I just had that conversation with myself on a pod, my podcast last week because the last five years we got the introduction of mosquitoes. The humidity is, is <laughs> definitely different. I'm like, yeah. all right, that, that's $200 off. That's $500 off. Like, come on. Yeah. Well, Jen, I know it's hard to compare an experience you never had, but I often wonder if people growing up on the West Coast. If internally you might feel a little bit more open because so much of your youth, if you wanted to do something outside, you just could. Mm-hmm. All, yeah. All year, all year long. And throughout the year, there are, uh, there are definitely seasons and there are cultural things, of course. But like there are festivals. Like if somebody was just like, hey, I want to throw an outdoor festival in February, you just do mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because you can. Do you, do you, I know it's really hard to know, but do you, do you think that that, has made you more of an open person or is it just impossible to know? No, I, I do think so. I, I think, I think that a lot, I mean, I spent so many days riding my bike as a kid because it was always sunny. I would walk everywhere um, as a kid because it was always sunny. Uh, (laughs) I I mean, I remember that in school, very, very few rainy days. My husband reminded me, he's like, look at all the great athletes that come from California because they can do practices and they can, Mm, you know, do all this stuff outside. I was like, Oh yeah, that's true. I was not an athlete. I did not know that. Um, But yeah, like parties and craft fairs and like you're saying festivals, the street fair in orange, which I used to go to. Mm -hmm. I loved it there. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what Halloween's were like for you, Joseph. And were they cold? Were they freezing? 
Oh yeah, sometimes they could be brutal, and there's there's uh, it's almost a joke now. There was a Halloween blizzard, a bad one in uh, <gasps> in 1991, and and it's gotten to the point where like people joke on social media of like, how long do you have to talk to somebody who was alive in 1991 and lived in Minnesota before they bring up that GD <laughs> blizzard? Like it's become legendary. But yeah, it was like there. I, I had a traumatic Halloween where I, I wanted to be Robin, uh, mm. the boy wonder. And uh, I, I basically, you know, I was unrecognizable because I couldn't wear shorts and <laughs> you know, had to have a coat and, you know, crap like that. You know? Right, right. California, we we have bounce houses outside. Kids are wearing, you know, their whatever crazy outfits with no sleeves and shorts. Like, yeah, it's it's a very different uh, life. Yeah. How do you feel about how the weather might have affected you, Ken? Well, making me think of the Not a Surf song, uh, Blizzard of 77, because I look, got a lot of friends I know from Ohio who talk about that one, like you're talking about the Blizzard of <laughs> um, I think I, I, I go a lot of different ways with this. Uh, this is uh, where a lot of the bias just comes in, where I, I remember used to, when I was in school, all the way up through like high school, I'd, I'd hear of, uh, you know, some people occasionally, you get a family that moved out from Wisconsin or something, right? And uh, to, they talk about their high school and I'd be like, what do you mean it's all indoors? What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. What are you talking about? Why, who would want to go to high school indoors? What do you mean? Like, no, I get to walk. <laughs> like, it, it just, I just couldn't comprehend it. Uh, the naivete of youth. Uh, I, I think the California weather, um, I grew up, again, beach city. So we had morning fog, burns off 72 by the afternoon almost every day. We'll get cold at night down to 20 degrees sometimes because you got the beach right there. But yeah, uh, it was bright and sunny. Uh, without a doubt, I think it it turned me into where I sometimes question myself of, of, of like how high on the sociopath scale am I because I just don't feel affected by a lot of things in life. I had I didn't have the it's cold. I didn't have the it's hot, but it is changing. Uh, I don't know. There's something to uh, changing climates. Perhaps we should look into it. Uh, where yeah, uh, <laughs> let's get Al Gore on that. Let's get Al Gore. He oh said something. About it. Well, yeah, no, Why I didn't. He warn us. Yeah, yeah, when I moved here in 98, like, yeah, it was hot. But this summer, mm. 25 years later, just punched me in the face, as mm. well as bit me in the ankles because the mosquito have <laughs> been here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've sensed it. And, yeah, Jed, I I, I, um, I laugh. I'm with you. Like, I, I texted I was, one of my friends lives in Houston. I'm like, I, do, I might as well just move to Houston then because I can, I can afford it and and the deal with this humidity. And I, and I know it's worse. But um, yeah, it's it's been quite a change. So yeah, Joseph, your your big question. I just I've always been nice, comfortably in the middle, <laughs> and <laughs> never had to deal with extreme changes. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously, I don't think it shapes everything. I'm not mm-hmm. saying like you know how everyone is so open and easy <laughs> and flowing, but it um, th- that that psychology of you need to bundle up, you need to lock down every, every building mm-hmm. in. Uh, in the in the Twin Cities is a fortress for both the heat and and the cold because they both get so extreme. So that was one of the things that I did not expect because uh, uh, I didn't really see it on television shows. It, that blew my mind when I moved here. That you could walk into the front of a building like a restaurant it happens at restaurants all the time, and they show you to your seat, and the walls continue, but suddenly the ceiling is gone. Like, what? Like, yeah. like when you walk into a building, th- there's there's none of this kind of gray area we have here in California. When you walk into a building in Minnesota, you're in a effing building, period. The the ceiling's never going to suddenly disappear on you. And, and every time we walk into those places, I, I always joke with Sarah, like, 
in California, you never know. You might suddenly be outside. <laughs> no warning. You might be outside. But it's so, so funny. I love what you're saying. I've been in restaurants or little cafes. Uh, Joe Starr and I went to breakfast recently. And I like halfway through the meal, I looked up and I was like, oh, we're outside. Like, I, right. Exactly, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. There's, oh, I thought the tree was. Oh, God. Oh, that's so yeah. funny. The possibilities funny. you might be outside. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's one more question. Then we'll, we'll take a quick break. Uh, I think for a lot of people, they, they can have the, the harsh judgments that we're talking about. But for a lot of people, California and Los Angeles are magical, faraway places they would love to visit. That's the home of the Grove. Um, <laughs> growing up here, was there a, a place that was like that for you that you dreamed about outside of California? Hmm. I would say New York city for sure. Yeah. Um, and when I went there uh, during college, I was like, Oh, I would love to live here. And then the reality set in of like, we've been talking about, Oh, going to auditions in the snow, you know, having to live somewhere far and then taking the train and then, you know, waiting tables. I just was like, I don't think acting is already hard enough. I don't want to add that to my fragile California <laughs> self. I was like, I don't think I can do it. I can't do it. So, um, but I, when we went there recently, again, I told my husband, I'm like, you know, I, I could live here. And he too reminded me, remember, you're going to have to carry your groceries in the snow. Everyone always tells me about the snow. I'm like, all right. Okay. <laughs> All right, but maybe someday, maybe someday we can move there. <laughs> your, your, your husband's not wrong. That There's many things uh, I love about the snow, but it just makes everything more difficult. It adds like eight steps to everything you do. Anyway, uh, Ken, for you, what was a magical faraway place uh, that you dreamed about? First of all, I just love your description of Minnesota. Like if you just kind of saying, hey, isn't this kind of, aren't these kind of harsh conditions? No, we endure. We endure through them. Which is not <laughs> untrue. It, it's, um, for, it, it isn't. Yeah. 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 It, um, New York was always a place. I, I, I was a New York Yankee fan of baseball. I, I um, wanted to be on Saturday Live like so many other kids that come up in comedy. I was, I was a Beatles fan, but, but, but John Lennon finding a home in New York meant a lot and him mm. uh, you know, being murdered in, in New York. I, I grew up kind of obsessed with that. And so when I finally got there, I've told that story too many times, but finally got there in 2015 for work and I fell in love with it. And I was like, yep, I think I was always was supposed to be here. A lot of times people would tell me growing up, especially after high school, when I'd be in LA, a lot of people were like, are you from New York? Like, oh, you have a New York, New York vibe. I didn't know what that meant, but I was like, oh, okay. And man, I fell in love with it. And I thought, oh, crap, I think I need to live here. And then it was my friend, Scott Mance, who he said, when did you visit? I was, I went there in October. He was like, ah, yeah, you don't want to live there. Um, <laughs> you want to go in the fall and visit. And so that's usually what I go. I'm going there in two weeks, uh, Mark Ellison on oh, wow. comedy. And I love it. I love my time there. And I love getting there. And I love feeling the vibe. And and, and I'm all about it. But this year, I, I knew where I how that dream has kind of changed. Uh, instead of staying the extra day that I had the option to, I was like, nah, I'm going to fly out. <laughs> I'm going to leave. Um, <laughs> I love it. And another thing I, it was, was London. I, 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 we talked about it too when we were traveling over there in April, yeah. my first time there. But I just grew up with, with my great aunt and uncle spent a lot of time there. And, 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 and uh, uh, their, their friend Bernard, Bernard would come over and, and he'd pull up maps and just show me parts of London. So to actually get there, uh, and Joseph, you were there, I even captured some photos mm -hmm. of me staring, <laughs> staring over a river that I looked on a map my whole life. It meant a lot. Um, um, but those are kind of the magical, magical spots. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, no creative answers there. No, no. It's, I think it's a good reminder. There, there are magical faraway places uh, that we dream of. No matter, no matter what magical faraway place we yeah. happen to grow up in, mm -hmm. we're gonna still dream of it. 
Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break. But first, we have a recommendation. Ken, you've got one locked and loaded, right? I got one. I was like, how do we? This is a California-themed episode. What are What's on there? And I got, I'll, I'll tell you what's on Audible. You all might want to check out The Yosemite by John Muir. This is narrated by Nick McArdle. McArdle. John Muir, of course, was uh, part of the recent uh uh, we have national parks and Yosemite, and and this is his book reflecting on uh, spending time in there. Uh, um, it's an interesting, fascinating, and yes, at times uh, complicated history about Yosemite, but it's one of the beautiful spots and one of the reasons to live in California. So check it out, The Yosemite by John Muir. Get it on us by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Uh, try that out. Maybe find some peace in a forest and help out the show in the process. That is absolutely beautiful. You can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. Uh, you know, a thing I meant to say about the, my walk to the Hollywood sign, I had heard it, but I forgot. There's a big, um, so in, in 2010, the, the, there was an attempt to build a bunch of houses uh, in the hills by the Hollywood sign because right. it was privately owned. And it was a, a bunch of... Um, Entertainment people, uh, wealthy people, uh, got together and made sure that it was all part of Griffith uh, mm -hmm. and, and given to the city uh, forever. And there's a there's a really nice plaque with lots of names, including uh, Kathleen Kennedy. And that was mm. that was nice to see. And also that was uh, uh, the time in the hike where I needed to go off the path and, and urinate. And <laughs> <laughs> I was thankful that I could urinate in that uh, that government owned property. So thanks, Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> All right. With that, we're going to take a quick break. Back in a moment. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome back to the show. This is Other Center. Joseph Jennifer Landa, we are taking a trip down both memory lane and just California. It's been a fun conversation. Uh, we haven't got, well, the 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 Landa revelation today is that uh, Jen and I might have been at the same ice cream shop at the Orange Circle. So that counts as a Landa revelation there today. <laughs> More questions if you look at the West Coast. That is right. So we've we've talked about the good and the bad, but I'm I'm curious now as adults being able to look back and and Jennifer, it sounds like you've been having a lot of great conversations with your husband about it. Looking back, is there anything that you didn't like growing up on the West Coast or feel like, oh, I, I had this experience that I didn't want because I grew up on, on the West Coast? Honestly, I can't think of one. I really can't. <laughs> I great. really can't. Um, I love it here. It, and uh, I mean, the only thing that makes me sad is when people talk trash about it, mm-hmm. um, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm very, very grateful. I mean, if anything, maybe it's pampered me to the point where I never, which might be more of like my family in the sense of like the idea of moving anywhere else just seemed too risky or too mm. scary or like I couldn't do it. And I think it would have been good for me to maybe have gone to college somewhere else or maybe even live somewhere else for as why I didn't do news. Cause I, I actually, there was a period of time where I did want to be a news reporter. And my dad was like, are you sure you're going to have to move to some podunk city and, yeah. you know, do news? And I was mm. like, oh, I'm going to have to do news in the snow. No, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. Right. And like the way that he presented it, like what's wrong with a small city? What's wrong with a small town? It would have been good for me. I, I don't know. I think that, yeah, maybe challenging myself in that way. I, maybe that was a little bit of California. It was, it was a tempting, tempting me to just stay here for the rest of my life. Yeah, there's a lot of great things. We were joking when we did our, our our desserts episode that maybe we need to do a group field trip to Cheesecake Factory. Maybe we need to do one to a Cheesecake Factory 
in Minneapolis in <laughs> February. Oh, <laughs> not, not the one at the Grove. There's yeah, not the one at the Grove. Uh, okay. <laughs> the Grove where they shoot fake snow out of the marquee yes. in the holidays. Yes, yes. that's um, right. Yeah. Uh, does, does somebody had really bad dandruff? No, it's winter at the Grove. Can, <laughs> uh, in retrospect, is there anything that you uh, didn't like about growing up on the West Coast? No, love my experience here because I didn't have to go to a high school in one building. Eeks. Uh, but uh, <laughs> back and, and, and a lot of it, and I've, I've mentioned in other episodes when we talk about travel, it's like, you know, growing up in, 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 in an eva- evaporating middle class and my parents did the best they could. But they're definitely any trips we took. It was like we went to Yosemite every year. That was like our trip. Or we went down to see grandma and grandpa because they were right around the corner from Disneyland. So there was a sense of we didn't need to leave. Now, taking the economic reasons out and the realities of life. And also, you know, you get one summer trip a year. That's the life we led. Uh, I, I do wish I had an opportunity to experience it more earlier. Uh, more meaning the rest of this country. California is so huge. I don't think people could fully grasp it. Until you drive up to my hometown, three and a half hours out of L.A., and you're like, oh, still have to go six to get to San Francisco and then still have to go about six to get to Oregon. Like, you just it's insane when you really start to think about it. But doing a a drive across country and experiencing uh, the good, the bad, but also just people and and, and, uh, the world is certainly complicated. And I don't check everyone's voting records when I go to towns, but they're good people with their own needs and their own experiences. And maybe they need to see ours and we need to see theirs a little bit more. And I learned a lot lot of that fast. Um, Mm. I I speak so often highly of Tennessee and Tennessee's um, got some things I would say I don't agree with uh, in in the political picture and things going Mm -hmm. on. But I spent time out there and I loved my time out there. And I loved the people I interacted with out there. And, And I didn't get that. There was a sense of, even though it wasn't like a West Coast bias from my folks, but there was a sense of we got all that we need here. So why leave? And that mm. thing I, I, I kind of regret. And in a fun set, mm. yep, you got Disneyland, the mountains. We used to go up to San Bernardino Mountains and go to the snow. And why would I need? I don't need to go to some great mall in Minnesota. I got I got snow and shopping right here. What? And that's unfortunate <laughs> because then you're cutting out the experiences of, of other people. Uh, and mm. I'm glad I've, I've made up for a little bit of that last couple of years. Yeah. yeah. I think that's uh, well said that perhaps what you regret is that it's too awesome on the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it didn't motivate you to travel enough. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah. No, it is. Yeah. It, it is. And you did have you did have a lot of experiences because I think people can just go California, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And you did. Both of you had the experience of uh, small town communities, small town yeah. politics while also um, being able to to set out toward Los Angeles with more ease than mm-hmm. than people who are coming from all the way across the country yeah mm-hmm. so you're right. both able to experience i think both a little bit of the smaller community and then in your oh. in your 20s being immersed in in the big city of los angeles oh That's yeah right. when i left them my town when my town's gotten my hometown's gotten bigger since then but like oh it, there was a lot of people of, why would you want to do that there's mm-hmm. actors down there. And I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to be one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we are verging to this, this territory already. Uh, Ken's doing a, a good job standing up for California in general in, in the amount of uh, diversity of weather and people and perspectives in California. Uh, but when you're traveling and you encounter someone who is extremely negative about Los Angeles specifically, what do you actually say in response? Jennifer, do, do you encounter this enough that you have answers locked and loaded and ready to go? 
Yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I do it in a nice way. Um, and, and I almost, I'm, I really am curious as to why people have so much hate for, for California or Los Angeles. And so I'll, I'll say, um, uh, well, I guess about Los Angeles, they're like, oh, everyone's fake. Mm. But then I'm like, most of the people here are not even from Los Angeles. <laughs> so what does that say? Or I'm like, honestly, it's true. I've met some of my best friends here in Los Angeles. Now they are from other places, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there, yeah, there is that element, but there's a lot of wonderful people who live here. And obviously in California, we have the beach, we have the snow, we have beautiful forests, we have wine country, we have Hollywood, we have all these things. What is not to love, I say. And then mm-hmm. they're just saying, yeah, but I have seasons. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go on your list of things that you almost did, but snow. Like, I was going to be a journalist. I was going to move to New right. York, but snow. <laughs> but snow. snow. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And it, it sounds like it, even when you were kids, like, they are um, – they are the shift isn't is intense, but there are seasons here. That's mm-hmm. oh yeah, know, there, there's yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you were talking about sweater weather back in Tustin in the eighties. You know, mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. It's always been here. Ken, uh, for you now that you've been traveling more, I'm sure you're encountering it a, mm-hmm. a decent amount. You also have a thing, and and I think uh, I think it's accurate, but you can correct me that um, many of your fans one of the th- things they like about you is y- they see you as down to earth and blue collar. So I bet yeah. you get it even stronger of, Hey, as somebody who is also down to earth and blue collar, you know, <laughs> why do you live in that, uh, that liberal hellhole? <laughs> uh, yeah, no. And, and that's been an interesting journey as I've uh, embraced a, a, a kind of a, a different view on things, um, of the last couple of years. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think that does come from the small town I was brought up in. Yeah, and 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 I and I'm I said it before. So again, like I don't like the coastal elite flyover state attitude. I don't think that's right. I think that can breed breed some some real deep problems. Right? It, it's mm-hmm. not right. Um, and I fight against it in my own life sometimes with with people around me. But uh, for standing up for it, I, I you know it's it like all the things are said. It's 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 truly uh, a gorgeous land. It's it's truly. F- a diverse land. There's again, just a lot of folks here in town there there. You'll find people in LA that just were born here and don't work in Hollywood. It's just mm-hmm. most of them. Yeah. And, and I defend the city of LA guys. I, I, I understand it's a different vibe than a lot of other big cities. We, we definitely are more sprawled uh, and spread out and, 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 and have cars. I love one of the reasons I probably couldn't envision moving to New York is I, I, I'm not, not going to give up my car. One of my favorite things is to get in my car and drive. Uh, and, and that's probably because I was <laughs> raised out here where you had to, uh, and, and there's some good and bad and, and I wish we weren't as car dependent, but, um, uh, it's as, as, as sprawled out as it can be. My argument to that is you, you will find your people here because there's so many wonderful, different people here and you'll find your pockets and you'll find your group. Now, if you live in Santa Monica, I'm not going to see you, but you know, <laughs> right. over um, go over the four or five. What are you crazy? But, um, I think there's a lot there, uh, and and it's just, and it's the same. So 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 you can shake your head at my California license plate, but you'll probably find someone who you can connect with out here if you open your eyes to it. And um, also, it's just um, a lot of fun, a lot of things to do if 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 you're looking for things to do. 
Yeah, I, I love that. I, 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 you know, answer a little bit differently depending on who's asking and mm-hmm. um, how much venom is behind <laughs> the negativity or what, what specific, if I can sense what specific, uh, uh, you know, shade of venom. Um, but I've had people who, who, who visited and they really just drive down like main strips in the general uh, Hollywood, you know, uh, northern part of the basin area, you know, and and they're like, I, I don't get it. It looks, it's just concrete everywhere and a few palm trees. And like, go down some side streets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go into Griffith. I think some of the beauty of Los Angeles is you you have to take a second and look behind some of the main drags. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unlike some of the sort of like the tree lined beauty of Minneapolis is pretty pretty evident pretty quickly. Um, kind of thing. And so I think sometimes for visitors, it just takes a second to just like. Pretend you live here and go grocery shopping and walk your dog and you're going to find beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think for me, the, 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 some of the things that I focus on is, yeah, it's very, very big, but it's all of these neighborhoods and these neighborhoods have community and the neighborhoods are extremely walkable and have mm-hmm. history and have community. And, and one of the things that was just like really moving to me and why I love living here is, yeah, particularly if you like entertainment, even if you don't work in the industry, but you just like the history of entertainment, you know, some of the things we have here are huge and world famous. And you, you know, post that you went to the Hollywood Bowl and there'll you'll find people who live across the country like, oh, I dream of that. And yeah. it, mm. it, it's a dream worthy place. But then you go there and it's just a... Uh, a summer bandshell uh, picnic in the city park, but larger, like yeah. physically larger, not like more important. Yeah, yeah. But that's the exact vibe. You see families and that, oh, I hope I don't sit next to this obnoxious family. Like, oh, I sat next to this awesome family. And you complain about how they upcharge you for the the, the cushioned seats and the, you you pick out. Who's going to who's going to guess uh, when the concert's ending and stand up early and, mm-hmm. you know, leave? like there's all these bits of community, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's total community. Yeah. It's you know, it's not just this this high uh, falutin thing. It's mm-hmm. community like everywhere else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, it, it, community by venue is an, is a real thing. <laughs> Right, <laughs> it really is, and yeah. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not going to go on and on. Anyway, yeah. uh, we're going to move on uh, to some other West Coast thoughts. Uh, if California or the West Coast in general, uh, kind of Washington, uh, Oregon, California, ever did separate and become its own nation, separate from the United States, would you stay or would you move somewhere else to remain in the United States, uh, Jennifer? <laughs> Well, I guess why would it separate? Yeah. <laughs> well, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, maybe some backstory needed to that, uh, that question. If, uh, if you let's yeah, say you, let's say you agreed. Let let's say uh let's say in a in a worst case scenario, um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I think it's not a shocking thing to say that we are fighting uh, uh pushes towards uh, authoritarianism and, mm-hmm. and democracy is fighting to survive. But based on history, there is a threat. And what if what if the rest of the United States did fall to authoritarianism and California said, you know what, Uh, you know, we're separating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, hopefully there wouldn't be a war, but it would just be like California and its massive, important economy is going to be its own nation. 
Yeah. Mm. I'd stay. Yeah. I'd stay. But I mean, I will say this, like my husband has been researching, depending on how things go in this next election. Like <laughs> he's like looking at other countries that we can move to, uh, <laughs> trying to figure out different citizenship off options uh, from his family, from maybe, I don't even my family. I mean, and he, and I thought he was kind of joking. No, he's like a hundred percent serious. So we will see what happens uh, moving forward for the same Yeah. Yeah, what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I think we need to take the threat very seriously, but I also have uh, great hope because I feel like we're uh, aware of the threat. Um, yes, and, exactly. And, and I, I think that makes a difference. And the question is, are enough of us aware enough and alarmed enough? Hmm. And and I I take it very seriously, but also have high hopes. Uh, uh, well, now that I framed the question this way, I'm just asking you: <laughs> Would you stay in a free land, or would you willingly <laughs> move into the rest of the authoritarian United States? So I don't know if I framed that well. So Ken, I'm going to ask it to you differently. If California was just like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. taking all our uh, citrus and software money, mm. and we are forming our own nation. Uh, would you want to stay? Would you want to be a proud member of? Uh, California, the nation, or would you uh, yeah. finally move to uh, some cabin in the woods in you know uh, Colorado or whatever? I mean, that's a great option too. Um, I'll just not watch Beetlejuice. Uh, so yeah, I think um, I like taking if there's any big issues out like Jim brought up, I, I would stay. I would stay, not for any slight against the United States of America, but it's California. <laughs> man. Uh, we don't need you, man. We got it. We got this. We got this. Yeah, we might import a lot of some things here and there, but uh, we'll export our oranges. We got it. But yeah, no, I uh, eh, Florida. You got the no. I, I would stay. I do. I do. Do do love it enough, um, and uh, and and think it's big enough to sustain it. You know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, the other issues are, are fascinating. We've had those, some of those conversations in our house too, Jen. And and I do try to be a little pragmatic and, and, and reasoned and, and say nowhere is perfect. Uh, uh, but it's, uh, you know, uh, I'm like Joseph. I choose some hope that none of this will be needed, um, uh, including California. Now, the other thing was, you know, earthquakes were going to break off and just be our own island anyways. That's what yeah. I was also told. Uh, and who knows? Maybe that, maybe that'd be true. Um, as oceans rise, maybe uh, I will be at the beach in Burbank. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this is a great question, Joseph. But by the way, I, I just, I, it, it definitely, lay, there's so, we could do an entire podcast on why. <laughs> why? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't mean to downplay that. Like no, there, no. people, yeah. people are true. Some of the uh, authoritarian attempts are succeeding and yeah. people are going through incredible hardship. So, yeah, I really don't mean to to uh, belittle it. It's the I, I think for me growing up, you know, I, I would have angry people be like, if if California just fell off the face of the earth from one of their earthquakes, it would be mm-hmm. better for us with all the those fake losers roller skating all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, so I, I grew up with the negative. They should go. They're not real. America, right. 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 Um, from lots of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, now living here and having, having pride in, in, in the Midwest and having pride in, in the West coast in that real, like, well, what if, what if they did, you know, we, we had, it would be powerful to have to face a choice like that. If, if it wasn't authoritarianism, if it was just like, Ah, oh, California and the United States are going through an an amicable divorce. They yeah. they both posted on posted on Facebook like we're still going to be friends, but we're not going to be together anymore. Like, what would I choose? You know? Yeah, right. It's really uh, powerful. So uh, I've been starting uh, these questions uh, with Jennifer. I'm going to start with you, Ken. 
it, it, this is not in the case of uh, of a California America divorce. Mm-hmm. But if you just had to live somewhere else now as an adult for whatever reason, if you had to pick somewhere other than California to live, where might you move? The most realistic now, you know, having um, Grace and two Chihuahuas in my life, they factor in greatly to this decision. But uh, if, if if all things were considered equal, places to go. The, the most realistic answer is uh, Seattle, Pacific Pacific Northwest. Um, mm. I love it up there. Going uh, there again, actually, around Christmas to do a show. Um, we always stay in the suburbs. Edmonds, uh, Washington's one of my favorite little spots. A little small town just to walk around in. Um, I don't know the dark underbelly of it, but I love it up there. And and as a kid who grew up, uh, you know, with a little bit of weather, but not a lot. I just love rain. And I do. I want it 365 days a year. Eh, maybe not, but um. I had, I just, I just, I like, I fun, function better in cold weather. Jen, you're talking, you're solar powered. I, I am, I am the opposite. So I, I, mm. gray in LA. Um, other options. Um, I'll go uh, move in with our buddy, Maddie Gunner in London. Uh, London <laughs> option. Uh, um, there's a realistic possibility of spending a lot more time in Paris in my life. Um, I think uh, if I said yes, I think Grace uh, would pack up the dogs and move tomorrow. Um, mm. We talked about that, and 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 I get it. And after only spent two and a half days there, and knowing a lot of the reading up on a lot of the things that are actually going on there, good, bad, and otherwise, uh, you know, you have to weigh that with any kind of decision. But I got it. Two and a half days, I got it. Not saying it's perfect <laughs> or it be perfect spot. Um, but the, here's the here's the one. I have a friend who does this. So this Grace Grace would um, would 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 not couldn't be involved in this one because she this would be a hard no and dogs would make it impossible. I have a friend who lives in a van. Uh, a lot of people know who might know who Eric Striffler is from Pretty Much It. He about five six years ago said nuts to all this, got a van, moved into it, and has been going around the country for five or six years. Um, wow! Occasionally go home to New York with his folks, get a hotel, comes out here, works with us over uh, wangers and stuff like that. Uh, I'm not saying it be it's perfect all the time. He doesn't say it's perfect all the time. Um, but there's something I love about it. And I've been in the van. <laughs> I've gone to the van. He runs a fully functional, successful YouTube channel out of it. Um, mm. You know, he's got YMCA memberships across the, the country and stops and, and it's not always glamorous. Um, but there's something about it. Every time I was just in Catalina with him for a wedding and I was, I, I mm. you know, he doesn't love that. He gets a little tired of answering the questions. Yes, I live in a van. But like, I was like, like what are some of the actual logistics and I could do it. Could I do it for six years? Probably not. I do like a lot of routine and I do like where I am and I do like walking to my coffee shop and walking here and there and walking to my Seven Eleven. but there's something super romantic about it that I think I could fall in love, in, love with. Yeah. Oh, that's powerful. I, yeah. That, that, that it's fascinating to hear how much the illusion of, of freedom. Cause when you, whenever you're frustrated with life, if somebody just told you, did you want to live in a van and just be right, free, right, right, right. just go, go where the wind in the van takes you. Uh, it's great to hear somebody who is experiencing some amount of that, but also the realism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and we've talked about it. We've talked about both when we want to discuss with him, but yeah. Um, it's just something about it. Open road in a hotel. I like the, I like both. Yeah. Of those things. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Jennifer? Would you live in a van and uh, in an occasional hotel? Oh, my God. <laughs> Where would you live if you if you had to move somewhere else? Um, if money was no object, I too would love to move to London. I just love it there, and I love how you can go to 
to all these different countries in Europe. I mean, it's just so much easier, like taking the train places. Um, that would be amazing. I'd live in a little flat, um, as they call it, right? That's what they call mm-hmm. it, a flat, a London flat. Um, but anyways, that's a pie in the sky dream. Uh, well, this is another pie in the sky dream. N- New York City. Again, mm. if money was no object, <laughs> um, I love New York so much. I love that it's a walkable city. Um, and I just love how much culture there is and the diversity. My husband, for a period of time, was floating around the idea of Michigan. Mm. He grew up in Ann Arbor. Mm. And I love Ann Arbor. But I went in May and it was like perfect. And he's like, <laughs> this is not this is not how it usually is the whole year, you know. Um, but thinking about climate change and things like that, like later on, it may be a very viable option. So I'm still open to Michigan. We'll have to wait and see how things pan out with our world. Yeah. So it, it, I have to ask because of the, the uh, visiting places before the horror of the snow comes, Jen, what is your experience with snow? I mean, I, I you've, you have to have encountered it. Yes, I have. I've encountered it. <laughs> I've encountered it in Breckenridge, Colorado, which was pretty awesome because it was very much like a powder. Yeah. Um, what I don't like about it is I don't like piling on all the pi- the piles of clothes. Mm. Like you have mm-hmm. to, and like y- if you don't do it right, you can get water in your in your boots and. I just don't feel as mobile. I like being able to like literally like run around, zip around. Again, I'm wearing shorts and t-shirt today. Like I just like feeling like just in my body. And when I'm yeah. in all those clothes, I can't, I literally can't feel my body. And I feel like, uh, what was that character? You know, those characters that you see that, oh, from, oh, from that movie. Sorry, I can't yep. mention that. <laughs> Damn it. It's, it's hard. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, this makes me realize one big cultural thing that I experienced that I'm curious if if either of you uh, participated in when we were kids. Did you have moon boots? No, I love them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. we were like, yeah, up to the. Go, snow. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, we go up to snow every year, so I had we had like some snow gear in the house and stuff like that. But I, I, I am not super familiar with them, but I, I'd seen Bird call them at some point in my life. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we went, we used to go to like Big Bear and like Arrowhead. And so mm-hmm. I had never really experienced true snow because whenever we would go, it was like, it was just ice mm-hmm. or it was man-made snow. So I went to, when I went to actual real snow, I was like, oh, this is pretty, you can build a snowman. Like when I had gone to <laughs> other places in California, I had not. But of course, you know, there, mm-hmm. I know that there's great snow here too, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, no, not not that far away from from Los Angeles, you can get some some snow up in the mountains. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was that was fun. The first time I saw snow in California. Yeah, moon. Bo- I think because you know boots were not fun, and then <laughs> there's that whole like just brief time around the same time as Cabbage Patch of like, what if boots were cool, kids? Who yeah. has moon boots? Uh, yeah. Um, in you have both talked uh, lovingly about getting to visit uh, New York and and finding romance in that. Uh, at the risk of of asking the most controversial question ever on our podcast, what to you is the difference between New York and Los Angeles? What's essentially different about these two big uh, titans of their own coasts, Ken? Attitude here, right? Yeah. Um, um, I, this is great. I don't know. I, 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 it just seems to be a little more, world weariness in new york but in a good way <laughs> mm. like eh, we've seen it all we can get through it and and we get up we get knocked down we get back up i don't know there's something i 
I connect to that. And again, I think it goes all jokes aside to what you're talking about, about your, your, your homeland there, the, the ability to endure. Um, we, I think we endure out here in our own ways, but I don't know. There's just something, I don't want to just write it off as eh, a little more attitude or cynical or anything. I don't know. There's just a different energy out there in the East coast, right? Without a doubt. And the, the laid back trope is not necessarily always true out here, but going to what I was talking about, like what, what me worry at 72, what do I got to worry about? Um, I think there's, there's some of that. That's, that's what I pick up on. It's been, and, and just the energy. Um, I grew up in a hometown near San Luis Obispo, which is called slow and they call it the slow life. And that ain't a lie. And it drives me crazy. And, and uh, I like the energy of, 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 of New York and the bigger cities. You like the hustle and the bustle and the go. I, love, I mean, I there certainly it. is in Los Angeles, but I, I'm a fast walker. I'll, I'm in and out. I have the mall walking skills. I'll find the crease and get in there. And then I right away. And my friend, George McCann, who's a lifelong New Yorker, actually now lives in Norway. Uh, we were walking around my first or second time there. And he goes, you picked this up real fast. I was like, I was born for this. Uh, ready for this. Uh, where's my hometown? It's a little slower. Little slower. Uh, okay. How about you, Jennifer? What to you is the difference between New York and Los Angeles? I love how direct people are there. You know, there are some pleasant people in New York, but they're just, they, they are more, I don't want to say honest. Cause that's, that's not it, but like, you know, where you stand with people, there's no BSing. And it's good for me because it coming from like a customer service and Disney background where everything is done with a smile and I may hate you, but I'm going to say it with a smile. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and it's kind of freeing to just be honest and get rid of those like niceties right and Mm -hmm. i i really appreciate that and i like it and it challenges me in a way that where i start to do it too and that's kind of freeing i like like ken was saying i like that i'm a fast walker i like that you can walk everywhere and it really does feel like anything is possible you can take the ferry over to Brooklyn and have a fun time or, you know, you can go any anywhere in the city if, if you really want to get there. Um, but the, at the, on the flip side, I love Los Angeles for taking long drives to mm-hmm. think, you know, when I'm wrestling with a problem, there's nothing like going on a long drive, putting on some music, rolling down the windows and just mm-hmm. like being in my little cocoon. Cause that's, there's something nice about being able to shut out the world in our cars, which mm-hmm. it creates that isolation, which people talk about, but in, in New York, because in New York, like if you're taking the subway, like you're always around people mm. and that can be comforting for some people. And sometimes for people like myself, it's a little almost overstimulating and I need just like, <sighs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to just be by myself. Right. So, um, but everyone's different. Like my mother-in-law lived there. She loves people. She loves being around people. It energizes her. And I think it can energize me too. But at some point I need to like go and recharge my battery in my car by myself. Hmm. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. I really like that difference. Again, something something you said made me think of a, a, a question that I didn't have written down, but I want to ask um, just kind of about, uh, this is about pride. Um I'm going to use my words uh, very carefully here. Uh, Coming from Minnesota in Minneapolis, I think that there is nothing that uh, the state or the city needs to be uh, defensive about or try too hard to prove that they're awesome. Because many awesome things absolutely do come Mm -hmm. from my hometown of uh, Prince, (laughs) the video game, Oregon Trail. (laughs) We invented shopping bags. Uh, We helped invent modern advertising because of the flour milling industry there. Uh, All sorts of great things. 
but it is an undeniable part of the culture that there's a um, a defensiveness. If there's a national story, the news will always go, and there's a Minnesota twist. And sometimes it's not a good thing. Sometimes it's like an awful crime happened, yeah. and there's a Minnesota connection. Um, mm. For a while, the city of Minneapolis in the 80s had a advertising slogan, and I've told people this, and they're like, that's a funny joke. I'm like, not a joke, it's true. Uh, where Minneapolis self-labeled itself the mini-apple. Uh, oh. And it, and it was from this perspective of, we don't want to be a big city like New York, but this is awesome. Um, <laughs> I love and that. I'm curious if you ever feel that way about the West Coast or Los Angeles, that, that you need to prove that it's awesome. Does that make mm. sense? Ken, what are your thoughts? Yes, there's, there's a, um, yeah, but not in like a chest pup pumped out, puffed out type of way. I, I, of a, a comic friend of mine, Matt Knudsen, and on social media, he'll do this. I think, I think I mentioned this before. He, he, he'll every once in a while just post a shot. And it's not unlike, say, you posting your, your wonderful, uh, uh, you know, mixed drink shots and it's a beautiful shot of LA, right? He'll do that. He'll be on a golf course. He'll be on a hike and he'll po- post some incredible vista and he'll just write, yeah, you're right. LA sucks. And <laughs> I'm kind of in that camp of, again, like there, there was one, uh, one guy used to work with a kind of a, a, a famous YouTube movie reviewer now, now making his own horror films. And he used to, we used to fly him out with screen junkies. Uh, and, and he come out and just the moment you picked him up and the moment you, you, you he showed up in the office, he was just like, Oh, I hate it here. I can't wait to leave. And again, that's a personal choice. I'm not saying you have to love this spot, but it was like, you, you, you don't know what's here. You don't. You've seen movies and you think that's here. Mm-hmm. And you're in a hotel and we pick you up and come to work. You haven't gone hiking. You haven't gone to this venue. You haven't done this. Uh, and, and I've been around this guy enough to know. I'm like, no, this this is a you problem, not not us. Because <laughs> I can list <laughs> 15 things that are great today. Um, and so that's where some of the defensiveness comes. Where, where Look, I, I, I this is so regional, but I live in the 25 years in LA have always lived in the San Fernando Valley. You want to talk about having a, a, a reputation within the region. I got friends. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I now I'm joking. I won't go to Santa Monica. That's a traffic issue. But I got people who are like, Oh, you live in the Valley. Oh, literally looking down on you from it. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, there's some bad spots, some crime ridden spots, some troubled spots. Uh, some, they all look street corners all look the same little shopping mall, Seven Eleven gas station. Yep. Yep. There's some issues for that. Uh, go and look at the 1950s, how we decided to build this country. But, um, it, it's, it, it, I'm defensive about that. I'm like, Oh, you mean we have parking? Oh, it's <laughs> yeah. 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 The traffic's nowhere near as bad. Yeah. They're easy yeah. parking lots. Yeah. yeah. You got Ikea. Come on. <laughs> it's the suburbs, baby. But, uh, and, and a friend of mine, uh, who had lived his entire <laughs> life in Culver city, finally moved to the Valley. And then he told me, he texted me, he goes, I get it now. This is where mm-hmm. I live. And I'm like, yep, that's the Valley. But anyways, that, that, that pulls out to the region where it's like, yeah, you're right. LA sucks. Here you go. (laughs) That's right. Because there's other, again, other, other beautiful spots of the world and wonderful spots of the, of the country. No, you're saying, you're saying lots of truths. It is funny from the the top of Mount Lee where the Hollywood sign is. Mm -hmm. The number one thing you can see in the San Fernando Valley is the Ikea. It's so big (laughs) and it's so blue. Like world, I think now, because they read. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. It really is like, okay, well, Paris, you might have the Eiffel tower, but here in the San Fernando (laughs) Valley. (laughs) So true. So true. We have Ikea. You can see it Uh, from space. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jenna, I definitely want to ask you this question as well, but Ken, I'm glad I asked because you, you, you really nailed it on the head and, and, and made me feel better. I realize um, I, I get frustrated because I, I think Minneapolis and Minnesota are awesome and they don't need to be defensive. It's right, right. not a, it's not a criticism. And I am the same way about LA. I'm defensive about the, the critiques of it because I've done the same thing of taking pictures of nature and been like, yep, you're right. There's no nature in, mm-hmm. no, people tell me there's no nature in Los Angeles. Like I walked in an hour and I'm in a, in a hill surrounded by horses. Mm-hmm. Leap. Do you mean there's no nature? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and also like, you know, I love making jokes about like people say that LA has no culture. Oh. Just, just that oh. it's all like monoculture and everybody's fake and plastic and you know and I love making that joke too of just like yeah hey have you seen the uh, the Rainbow Pride Tweety mural on the side of the Seven Eleven on Hollywood Boulevard? What do you mean we have no culture? <laughs> right. So Jennifer, how how do you feel about? Uh, are you defensive about West Coast or LA, and, and how does that manifest? I would say I'm more like, I don't, I'm not ashamed, but I feel more self-conscious when I post certain things online, which I never used to really feel obviously before the internet. Um, but I am aware, like sometimes I'll be like, oh, you know, it's a rainy day and then it's here. And then people will be like, oh yeah, well, try living where I live. Or uh, if I talk about a sunny day and there somebody in another part of the country, they're having a terrible storm. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel much more like embarrassed of like, I don't, mm. I don't want to come across as like bragging. This is a weird thing though. I'm sure that goes back like to, to my own family thing where it's like, you don't brag, you don't say about how great things are. Mm-hmm. You don't want to make people feel bad because of what your circumstances are. So I just, mm. I usually don't talk about it about California in that way. Um, I like to highlight like local spots and places that I find because I think there, there are many, so many great things and so much culture here that people don't know about. And so, um, yeah, that's what I find interesting, but yeah, I try not to post too many sunny pictures, <laughs> even though oh. I want to. <laughs> Yeah, that that makes sense. I have there are a couple of times when there's been a really bad storm in Minneapolis. And it's like I'm I'm not going to post this sunshine picture because I don't. <laughs> right. There are good and bad things about both places and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we've talked a little bit uh, about um, the kind of the the boosterism, particularly as America expanded to to the the West, and really these newspapers. Uh, uh, we're often for the information in the town, but they're also designed to be sent back east and convince people to move to new places to help them grow and become strong. And there are um, old uh, uh, Twin Cities, St. Paul in particular, uh, newspapers, kind of the earliest newspapers uh, that are this kind of boosterism to a, a comic extent where they're mm-hmm. like the, the invigorating <laughs> temperatures. Mm-hmm. are really only for the strongest and best people and quite good for your health. So it's this this real blatant, like, we're trying to upsell people to move here. Uh, Ken, if you, if you had to cut, like, a 30-second boosterism promo for the West Coast, convincing people that it is the best coast, uh, what would your, your promo be like? I, it would be like, come stare at the oceans from the mountains. Come stare at the desert from the rivers. We got everything you need. We got everything you want. Your dreams come true. Your realities happen. And baseball games are on hours earlier. Come to the West Coast. 
Uh, that is very, very good. Experience the snow, then just drive away. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, how about you, Jennifer? What would your uh, West Coast is the best coast promo be? Oh, be so boring, I guess. Uh, let's see. If you if you like sun, sand, sourdough bread, come visit us on the West Coast <laughs> from the streets of Los Angeles to the beaches in San Diego. You'll find anything your heart and stomach desires. <laughs> <laughs> Alliteration is awesome here. That's great. <laughs> exactly. Oh, well done. Uh, any final thoughts about being a West Coast for life from either of you? You know, uh, sorry, I, that, that's the, you know, I don't watch sports as much, but that sums it up for me. I was in Tennessee. This is about 2008 and, and we were watching an angel game on, on TV and it was like midnight and uh, we had reached back to some friends in the West Coast and it was, you know, eight and it was like, I'd rather be on the West Coast. Game mm. at eight and not at midnight. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How about you, Jennifer? Any final thoughts? My final thought is it's all good from Diego to the Bay. Your city is the bomb if your city making pay. <laughs> Throw up a finger if you feel the same way. Dre putting it down for California. IA. Because whenever I hear that song or, or anybody's around us, right? Like mm-hmm. we all go crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't even get into West Coast mm-hmm. hip hop and rap, which was oh. huge. Huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's what I got to say. Yeah. Well, I can't think of a, a better way to end it. That was great. Thank you uh, both for having this conversation. I think it's it's so illuminating to, to, to find out what is actually really different. And then as we dig in, like, uh, but a lot of the experiences and the emotions, uh, you know, translate mm-hmm. in, in so many ways. Uh, Ken, want to take us home? I do. And home is here in Los Angeles, California. We're on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're also on uh, threads at Force Center Pod as well. Uh, Instagram and YouTube, Facebook pages, Force Center Podcast, podcast available in a lot of different spots. Just search, you'll find us merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. Get into the Discord and tell us what's great about where you live or if you've had any mm-hmm. wonderful experiences out here on the West Coast. You can follow me at Cadnapsock or go to cadnapsock.com. I don't have it officially listed on the website, but very soon information on two shows in New York, uh, October uh 12th and 13th that's right i fly out on the 14th and then up in uh seattle uh december 22nd and 23rd more information on that coming and then later next year or in early next year i'll be in boston i'll be in portland or maybe in nashville we'll go around this great state uh all up my website kenapsock.com uh jennifer where can they find you and your rap performances Ah, yes, I do have some old rap videos. Uh, you can join me on TikTok at JenniferLanda1138 or YouTube, Instagram, where I will be posting my Lisa Frank. I don't even know what it is at this point, but I, every time I thought I was done, I would Google something and a new thing would pop up. So I'd have to add it to the video. Um, it's it's going to be a 10 minute video on Lisa Frank on my YouTube channel at JenniferLanda. Love that, Joseph. Wonderful job taking us through. We, we let you off without answering all these questions as well. I want to know if you <laughs> to London, uh, which I know you've spent a lot of time there. So uh, where can they find you? Yeah, moving to London. No, mm-hmm. uh, maybe someday. I would love it. Um, yeah, so you can uh, find me on all the social media at Joseph Scrimshaw, particularly trying to spend time on Blue Sky and Instagram. Uh, Blue Sky is, is getting more and more fun for me, uh, but it'd be great to have more friends over there so come find me on blue sky uh for my other creative adventures the short film uh that i worked on 
the Nightmare Adorable is beginning its festival run. It is going to be in the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival in Portland, Oregon, the weekend of October 6th through 8th. I will be there uh, along with some other uh, fun friends, so uh, come see it there. It's also going to be at the Horror Origins or Horrorigins, uh Festival in uh, Tucson, Arizona. It's also going to be playing in Iowa, and I'll have more details on this, but it just got accepted to do a festival in Bulgaria, which is uh, great because I've had a I've had a play that has um, uh, a, a stage play that has been produced in Bulgaria. So my new life goal is to become as Jerry Lewis is to France. I want to be to mm-hmm. Sofia, Bulgaria. So I'm going to keep <laughs> working on that goal. I also revised uh, my website just a little bit. So it has links to all these festivals uh, as more information comes out and more stuff about uh, my filmmaking adventures. So you can find all that at josephscrimshot.com. That is it. That is it, my friends. We'll see you next time. California. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 